law and the law one. I fought for law and the law one. I needed money cause I had none. I fought for law and the law one. I fought for law and the law one. Tonight, I wanted to talk about, about judgment. I just need to make some room here, move this stuff. Um, uh, I, and I, br- I brought these books. Uh, these books, I'm, I'm going to show them to you here in just a second. Uh, they sh- they, it's so hard to move with carrying all these books around, but I have to take them with me because the books tell me what's good and what's evil. Um, they're, they're called the, the books of judgment, all right? And I'm going to show them to you in just a minute here and show you how they, they work. Now, they're extremely, they're ex- extremely complicated, and so I didn't bring all of them. I brought just uh, some to show you kind of what I would use maybe in one particular day. This is 
for, I'm going to show you what, one, what I would use in one particular day back along about 1975 uh, when, I was, when I was in high school, okay? These are the books of, uh, books of, of judgment, incredibly complicated. And what I've done is I've broken them down and here there is, I see that, judgment, volume 89,629.6. So what I did is I took just one page out of uh, one book of judgment for one moment back in 1975 and reproduced it on this high-tech audiovisual transparency sheet, okay? Now, I'm going to show you how this works, and you just try to follow along. I think you'll begin to understand as it goes. Okay, this is page 924,465. This is for 3.27 p.m. on the 15th of September, 1975, okay? The book of judgment so that I know what's good and what's bad, Okay, one page. I've edited the page to include just three people, okay? Uh, Bobby, me, and Dave. And at any moment, this is how I would judge knowing the good and the bad. On, on the left here is the table of good deeds, okay? But of course, in 1975, I referred to them as categories of cool. On the right is the record of good deeds, measured in UGUs, which, of course, are universal goodness units. And they're measured against uh, my neighbors, my, the people that are close to me, uh, Dave and Bobby. Th- this is the way it worked, okay? So uh, one category of cool that was really important when I was in high school in 75 was ski tags. If you had a lot of ski tags on your jacket, you know what I mean? That meant you were, how many of you had a lot of ski tags on your jacket? You're cool, all right? So Bobby, he had a lot of ski tags on his jacket, so give him two. See that? Me, I had a lot of ski tags on my jacket, so give me two. Bobby, I mean Dave, Dave never had any ski tags on his jacket, so Zippo, nothing, nada. Sports, Bobby was really good at sports. Give him three. Hey, I could kind of do a sport, so give me two. Uh, Dave, he didn't do any sports. Zippo, nothing, nada. Girls, all the girls love my friend Bobby Vandekop, okay? So give Bobby a three. Me, I once talked to a cheerleader, so that's like a three, right? Dave, he didn't, he didn't have any girlfriends, okay? So Zippo, nothing for Dave. Pimples, Bobby never had any pimples, so give him a three. Now, I did have some pimples. I had some struggles with that, okay? So give me a one. Dave, Dave once came to clear, uh, he came to high school with dried clearasil on his face. It was still on his face. That's like minus one, okay? So you strike one there. And then dumb instruments. This was really important. Bobby did not play any dumb instruments, so give him three. Didn't play any dumb instruments. I didn't play any dumb instruments. Give me three. Dave, state champion cello player, all right? Minus four. That is so geeky. All right, body function noises. Bobby, Bobby really didn't have a whole lot of bob- body function noises, so give him one. Me, on the other hand, I could do pretty good in that department. Dave Jones, <laughs> he could burp the entire alphabet. Okay, that's plus four. That's just huge. So anyway, this is what you do now. Now, remember, 
These scores are factored into historical scores that are kept in the books, books, okay? But it's too complicated for you to understand. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to assume that we're starting at zero as I do these computations, all right? So you, you do this too. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, 5, 8, 11, and uh, that's what, 15? Is that right? Yeah. And then 2, 4, 7, 8, uh, 11, 13, and then over here, ah, minus one. Okay, so then you go down here and you, you plot the computation of the good and the bad. Okay, so Bobby, he's like 15. I think that's right about there. I'm like 13, okay, and then here's Dave right down here. After you plot your scores, then you do this. Right about half a notch, one notch under your score, you draw the universal geek line. Now, this is very, very important, universal geek, okay? Because that tells you what's good and what's bad. Uh, this is known as the dweeb zone, okay? Right down here, dweeb zone, and this is, this is cool. Now, I uh, lived by this book of judgments. I, I was ruled by it. It determined who I sat with at lunch, determined who I said, hey, dude, to in the hallway. It was the reason that I went out for sports that I hated, like cross country. No one in their right mind goes out for that sport, but if you need to. And it's the reason that I quit piano. I was driven in fear by the book of judgments. I was enslaved. It determined my moods. So if Bobby, for instance, got a, a big zit, <laughs> I rejoiced because I was that much closer to my idol. When I was down, I could just think about Dave Jones carrying his cello across the football field while I practiced soccer with my buddies and I could judge him as last and least and feel really good about myself. But that year, I got cut from the soccer team. I honestly don't know if I've ever been so depressed in my life. I went down behind our house in Littleton, Colorado, next to Santa Fe, sat in a ditch and just cried for hours. But it wasn't because I'd missed soccer. I didn't care about soccer. What I cared about is that I had just been dropped into the dweeb zone. I remember sitting there honestly crying and thinking, how on earth am I going to explain to my grandchildren that I was a dweeb? That really, really hurt. But you know, after just a, a few weeks, I just changed a, a few categories. Oh, that's not really all that important. And I lowered the universal geek line. <laughs> See? That's what's so great about this whole deal. It's also, though, what makes it so hard because there's so much computation and you kind of wonder, is everybody else's computations the same as my computations? I mean, what if Dave Jones has different categories of cool? What if I'm Bobby's dweeb to make him feel better about himself, the last and the least, in his book of judgments? Well, I know that you're kind of laughing and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, man, um, 10th grade and high school, they are so incredibly immature. Well, look at this. This is a page of the standard uh, book of, uh, the book of judgments for the standard American adult male. Now watch this. This is amazing. 
It's almost exactly the same layout. Do you see that? It's just that the categories of cool have changed. So instead of zits, it's stuff like business success. Uh, instead of sports, it's like your wife, what your wife is like, your kids landscaping, snowblower horsepower, that's big if you're a standard American adult male. And uh, uh, down here, the universal geek line is no longer, it's no longer called that. It's like this is like the respectability line or something, and these are responsible adults, and these are the less fortunate or whatever, but you see, it's the exact, exact same layout and the exact same operating system. The whole thing works on, on fear and pride and envy, the, the, the very uh, same thing. And you measure yourself, okay, against your neighbors. Self, friends, family, Osama bin Laden. That's, it's important. It's important to put that in there, someone that you can judge as the last and the least and feel better about yourself, a Taliban warrior. And hey, check this out. Here's a book of judgments, a page from the book of judgments for the standard Taliban soldier. Now watch this. I mean, it's exact same format. It's just that the categories of cool have changed. So instead of snowblower horsepower, it's it's stuff like beard length, beard bushiness, dominance of sassy women. I mean, we give these guys a hard time, but a lot of it makes sense to me. Uh, Fighting in G Jihad, dying for Allah. Instead of the universal geek line, this is like the fatwa line or something, okay? These are the infidels down here. These are the righteous up here, measured against your neighbors. But the operating system is just the same. It's pride, envy, judgment, fear, competition, all right? Now, here's some of their neighbors. Israel's one of their neighbors. So here's, here's a page out of the Book of Judgments for a standard Jewish Pharisee. Now, check this out. Exact same layout. It's just that the categories of cool have changed. So instead of beard bushiness, it's stuff like, are you part of the circumcision party? Now, I don't even know for sure what a circumcision party is, but if you get invited, just say no, okay? Circumcision party, phylactery length, not eating with tax collectors and sinners. That was a really big deal for them, not being born in a bar. Not being crucified on a cross, that was huge, okay? And they have a universal geek line too or whatever. There's the true Israel and and the pagans or something like that. But you see the operating system, it's just the same. It's pride, envy, judgment, fear, competition. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, yeah, that is so true. I'm so glad that I'm a Christian, I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Muslim. Well, here's a page out of the Book of Judgments for the standard American uh, Christian. Now, check this out. Exact same layout. It's just that the categories of cool have changed. So in, instead of a circumcision party, it's no gross sins, which, I don't know, kind of relates. No cussing, neato Christian words, because you know how to say things like propitiate and bless you. And when you pray, you use the word just a whole lot. Um, uh, quality Bible covers, short-term mission products, Harry Potter that don't read, okay, that kind of stuff, and that you have the right list, because a lot of people think that's what a Christian is. It's someone that just has the right list here, and, and instead of the universal geek line or the fatwa line or, or whatever, um, this is like the, the Christian line or the salvation line, and these are like born-again people, and then because we know we aren't supposed to judge, this is the, the wonder if they know the Lord zone, okay? 
down here. And that's what we do. Wonder if they, if they know the Lord down there. And, but in our hearts, it's really like, you know, we got it. We know what's going on here, heaven and hell. And, and that's why if you mess with that, it freaks people out because it messes up the whole system, makes pretty people nervous about judgments. But down here, it's measured against, uh, you know, me, brothers, sisters, pagans, mother, uh, Muslims, Jews. But the operating system, dang, it's just the same. Envy, fear, um, pride, uh, judgment, competition. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, God, that is so true. I'm glad you pointed this out, Peter, because I'm glad that I'm not one of those legalistic Christians. Well, here's, here's a page out of the book of judgment for the standard American non-legalistic Christian, okay? Now, check this out. It's pretty much just the same. It's just a table of good deeds have changed. So it's stuff like that you have freedom in Christ and you're not being judgmental. You're gracious. You eat dinner with tax collectors and prostitutes and publicans, the, the last and the least, that kind of deal, okay? But, but, the, but the operating system is just the same. It's still fear and envy and, and pride. And so what ends up happening? We end up being all enslaved to being, ooh, I'm free in Christ, you know what I mean? And we judge people on their judgmentalness. And we're driven to be gracious. And what do we do? We use the last and the least as a way to score points, Standard American, non-legalistic Christian. Now, I suppose I should show you a page from Peter Hyatt's Book of Judgments right now as we speak. Isn't that freaky? It's the very same thing, same layout. It's just that the categories of cool have changed. Stuff like preaching well, um, church size, oh, I can mess with you. All oh, that my family's all good and doing the right things and my son's not crawling through the ceiling tiles into the senior pastor's office, stuff like that. <laughs> and evangelism, that I win people to Christ. And maybe this is like my definition of a good pastor line. And this is the depression zone or something like that. And you see, I measure myself, same operating system, and I measure myself against my neighbors, people that are in the same kind of category as me. Dave, Dave Jones, Tim, Tim Brewer, Andrew Trawick. It is a wild thing, but... Turns out that Jesus was in Dave, the guy who was a state champion cello player. He was the best man in my wedding. Turned out to be one of my best friends, and we went to California together and did ministry together. But you know, because I still battled this book of judgments thing, when Dave would give a talk at youth group and it would go well, I'd get bummed out. I kind of wanted it to go bad because I was competing with Dave. My friend Tim Brewer, uh, I kind of was always a step or two behind him after Bel Air, and then he went out to St. Louis where he was the pastor of a large church, Central Pres in St. Louis. Got a phone call, found out that one night he went down to his garage alone, ran a tube from the exhaust pipe to the inside of the car, 
in a depression. He turned on the car, asphyxiated himself to death, leaving behind his church and his wife and his kids. And when I heard that story, you know, there was a little voice inside my head that said, you won. I still remember when my friend Dave Jones fell in my arms, just sobbing, weeping up at camp, telling me, Peter, Leslie's leaving me. She wants a divorce. And something in me was happy. I thought, I won. Peter, you won. Uh, Andrew will come back from these mission projects, you know, and talk about how thousands of people came to Jesus, and something in me will be depressed. What is that? I mean, I might as well just wish all those people straight to hell, right? Do you see what happens when I live by these books? I end up hating my best friends. I end up hating the kingdom of God. I think I end even end up hating God. And when I see that, I hate myself and condemn myself. You see, I think Scripture calls all of these books... No, I use a different color pen. I, I think Scripture calls this the law. All of it. And the energy with which we work these books, it calls the flesh. And when I live out the law according to the flesh, I die. This is death. I walk in death. I can't live gracefully carrying all these books everywhere I go, constantly calculating, measuring, analyzing. I can't dance well, sing well, laugh well, can't live well. And ironically, trying so hard to be good, I can't be good. I'm always preoccupied with the books and how I measure up, calculating, scheming, posing, posturing. It's an incredible burden to carry. And I can't lose myself because I'm glued to myself, enslaved to myself, stuck with myself. Jesus said, unless you lose your life, you'll never find it. You have to lose yourself, lose your life in order to love, in order to live. And I'm unable to get beyond myself carrying those books. So I certainly can't love others, can't love God, can't even love myself. 1 John 3, 14, he who does not love abides in death. This is walking death, the zombie. Genesis 2, 16, God said, Adam, you may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. The knowledge of good and evil. What do we call that? Law. We call that the law. And so at the dragon's tempting, Adam doubted God's goodness and trusted the law instead of God. He ate. And he got a law library and lost God. He ate and got the knowledge of good and bad, knowledge that he was naked, bad, and dead. The walking dead. To live according to the flesh is death. When I judge, everyone dies. When I judge. 
Well, let's look at God's judgment, okay? And since we were with the overhead, we'll just stick with this high-tech fancy equipment. This is the book of Revelation, chapter, I don't know if you can see that or not, but you can hear it. Chapter 20, verse 11. John writes this. And I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them, and I saw the dead. Now, that's important because in the previous chapter, a previous paragraph, John says he saw the living, those who live with Christ on earth. The living, those who've been born again, resurrected. So whoever is alive in Christ is not standing here with this crowd. Or whatever in you is alive in Christ is not standing here with this crowd. And get this. This judgment is not to decide whether you're alive or dead. They're already And I saw the dead. The great and the small standing before the throne and books, plural, were opened and another book was opened, singular, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by the things which were written in the books according to their deeds, their, their works. The dead are judged according to their deeds written in the books. Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. In other words, you want to play by the books? Oh, you'll get the books. And when you get the books, you'll already be dead. (laughs) Because playing by the books is death. Playing by the books. And yet everybody seems to do it. Haven't you ever wondered why it is that all over this world in every possible culture people have this knowledge of good and evil, the books? I mean, we argue about the details, the categories of cool, and yet we all uh, play the games. We live by the books in our hearts and our minds, constantly keeping score, trying to be good. You see, I think that's because we all know deep inside that we have a creator and he has access to books. And one day there will be an accounting He has books. Perhaps he keeps no record of wrongs, because Scripture says love keeps no record of wrongs. However, there is somebody that does. He's called the Satan, and he keeps a record of wrongs. And God has access to the books, and God is good, and we exist in fear of those books, constantly preparing our defense, for we know one day the books will be opened and there will be an accounting. Jesus revealed on what the accounting would be based. He quotes Deuteronomy when he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On this rests all the law and the prophets. Did you get that? That's all the categories of cool for God right there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And now check this out. Um, by loving my neighbor, um, by loving my neighbor, the people on this bottom of this list, by loving them or not, I love God. 
Ouch. In Matthew 25, Jesus described the judgment this way. Now, I think this is the same judgment from a different angle because Jesus referred to just one judgment. He said, the judgment. He said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne before him, will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep at his right hand but the goats at his left. He will say to those at his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food, thirsty and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see thee hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. So if you want to live by the book, God has books. He's in Lazarus by the gate. He's in the last and the least. He's in the stranger and the sojourner. He's in them as judgment. The goats say, when did we see you? Well, they didn't see him, ever. They just saw the last and the least or at best, a way to score points. You know, just by judging someone, the last or the least, now this is interesting, but think about this quite a bit. Just by judging someone, the last or the least, you judge Jesus, the last and the least, and don't see him. Remember when he walked this earth, almost everyone judged him, last and least, baby in a food trough, peasant on a cross, cursed. And so anyway, living by the books, God is everywhere in my world as judgment. And just by playing the game, just by trusting the books, I hate my neighbor, I hate God, I hate myself, and I broadcast to the heavenly places, yes, I stole fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I'm dead. Well, if we dare guess at God's book, what would it... What would it look like? Well, I'm guessing, okay, that it would look something like this. Over here on the left, the table of good deeds, the categories of cool would be perfect love. The love the Lord with all you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. That would include not keeping score. Um, the geek line, universal geek line is somewhere up here at perfection. Above it is substance. Below it is absence. This is light. This is dark. This is his creation, heaven, and this is the abyss, Sheol. And now how do we measure up? I mean, I plotted some down here. Here's Mother Teresa. Dang, she's good. So she'd be like what compared to Jesus? I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know, I'll give her a three or four at least, right? Osama bin Laden. Well, that's really hard. You, you don't know his story very well, do you? 
but let's give him a one. It's the Democratic National Convention, Obama. Um, Barack Obama, okay, how does he measure? <laughs> oh, that's a tense question, huh? Okay, we'll just, we'll just put that right there. John McCain, we won't do that, okay? Uh, me, I don't know, how am I? I'm, I'm at least, as, I think I'd be as good as Osama bin Laden. You, I don't know, where are you? But you see, none of us are very good compared uh, to God's expectations. In fact, Scripture says that we're all dead. Even our good deeds are as filthy rags. So Mother Teresa's four doesn't really even count. And just by trying to be first, just by plotting it, I'm last, according to Scripture. And so what good are the books or, or the knowledge of the books? What, what good are they? Well, for one thing, they tell Adam, which means mankind, they tell us we're dead, right? They tell us we need a Savior. They tell Adam, mankind, Adam, a walk with God is better than a law library. And now, Adam, you are prepared to meet the good. Now, Adam, you are ready to meet the righteous one, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Because where's Jesus? Let's plot Jesus on here. Okay, where's Jesus? You know this. You all went to Sunday school. He's perfect, right? The only man to ever live uh, a perfect life. There, there he is, just perfect. And he's also the only one to ever live a perfect death. He's everything the books talk about. He's the ultimate Adam, the perfect, the perfect man. He's the standard. Did you get that? He's the measure. He's the Savior, and yet you see he's also our judgment, right? He said, I judge no one, yet he is the judgment. He said, now is the judgment of this world. Speaking of when he died, the judgment, one judgment. Somehow, the great white throne judgment, the judgment of the sheep and the goats, and the judgment of Jesus Christ and him crucified is all one judgment. One Lord, one faith, one hope, and I think one judgment, one justification, one judgment. Well, in Revelation 20, on the last day when it's finished, Books are open. They are the law, the table of good, the record of good deeds. Books are opened, and then it says another book is open, singular. One book, the book of life. In chapter 13 and 17, we read that the book contains names. Now, to the Hebrew mind, names were persons. They were spirits. They were people. It doesn't say deeds, but, but names. Names written in the Lamb book of life from the foundation of the world. These are persons who belong to the Lamb on the throne, the Lamb's book of life. Now, get this. Jesus is the Passover Lamb, right? The Passover Lamb could be taken from the sheep or the goats. Jesus is the scapegoat, and Jesus is the sheep, the spotless Lamb. Jesus is life, and this is the Lamb's book of life. Jesus said, Truly, truly, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Do you get that? I'm going to read it again. Truly, truly, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. That means they're living, they're resurrected, the second death won't hurt them. Truly, truly, he who hears my word, believes him who sent me, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, 
but has passed from death to life. He does not come into judgment because it's like already he's been judged and already passed from death to life. How can that be? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, for our sake God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus is the ultimate Adam, the eschatos man, the superman. He bears our sin to destruction. He's the scapegoat, the sin offering. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God, the spotless lamb of God. His righteousness is given to us as a gift, imputed to us. That righteousness is revealed as faith and we are justified by faith. Faith, according to scripture, is the evidence that you have been judged righteous. Faith is Christ's righteousness in us, Christ in us, and he is the good. Did you get that? He is the good. The good is not a what, but a who. It's not a list, but a person. Not a law, but spirit. In Galatians 3, Paul writes this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. I believe that tree, that schoolon in Greek on which Jesus was crucified was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of law. He was nailed to it on our behalf. In Colossians 2, Paul writes this, and you who were dead in the trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, having canceled the bond which stood against us, the certificate of debt, With his legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So at the cross, God opens these books. Remember, he said, now is the judgment of this world. At the cross, he opens the books. He opens your books. He opens my book with all of its legal demands and with his own blood through all my history, past, present, and future, with his own blood, he stamps canceled on on every debt. He says, ah, let me see. I want to take a look here at at Peter's book of of judgment. Where was that? I saw it here a minute ago. Oh, well, this one will do. And and he opens, there it is, judgment. He opens it up and he says, well, what what do we have here? Hmm. Disrespecting his mother. 14 times, August 13th, 19... 75. I got just the thing for that. Takes a dip, big old stamp, dips it in his blood, stamps canceled. Lust. 5,347 times between 4 and 10 p.m., September 23rd. <laughs> well, Bill, let's just read your book, okay? <laughs> He looks at it because 1975, dips in the blood, canceled. Murder in the heart, canceled. Greed, canceled. Uh, Playboys at Walt Pickett's house in seventh grade, canceled in in blood. Judging Dave Jones at soccer practice, canceled. Uh, Going into ministry to feed his own ego, 
canceled, canceled, living by the book, canceled by my own blood, canceled, canceled, canceled in blood. Drink of it, all of you. Do it in remembrance of me and stop living by these damn books because that's what they are. (laughs) They're books of damnation, books of condemnation. And Paul goes on, there he disarmed the principalities and powers, making a public example of them, triumphing over them in Jesus. Do you see what Paul is saying? This isn't just some kind of be happy psychology. This is the very heart of your battle with the ancient serpent. The very heart of your battle with the principalities and powers, the systems of this world. The very heart of your battle with your own flesh. You must believe that you are entirely forgiven and thoroughly loved because you conquer the dragon by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, believing the blood of the lamb over every moment in your life. You see, that is your testimony. And then every point of sin in your life is transformed into a point of grace then these books are no longer books of condemnation, but the testimony of grace. They're no longer Old Testament, Old Testimony. They become New Testament, New Testimony, Gospel. So now I, I look at the, at the old books, and I read September 15, 1975, 327, Judging Dave Jones, a Fool, Punishment, Destruction in the Fire, Debt Canceled, Paid in Full, by the blood of Jesus. Wow. He must really love me. Playboy's at Walt Pickett's house, hung on a cross. For me, for that. Wishing thousands to hell just so I'd feel better about myself. Canceled by the blood of Jesus. See how much he loves me. He died for this, he died for this, he died for this. You see, Peter Hyatt's book of condemnation, Peter Hyatt's record of wrongs, well, it now becomes the gospel according to Peter Hyatt. Do you listen to the guys in the Bible? I was chief of all sinners, says Paul, and he saved me. That's his boast. Gospel. Every disobedience becomes an exhibition of God's mercy. Jesus is no longer everywhere as condemnation, but now he become, he's everywhere as the revelation of God's mercy. The blood of the lamb over every event in your life is the word of your testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Every moment that we believe, we crush the head of the ancient serpent for all of his accusations have become gospel. Is that cool or what? And so if you hear that voice whispering in your ear, hey, you loser, you suck. I can't believe what you did. You're a wretch. Don't argue with him. Don't argue that point with him. Preach gospel to him. Sing to him. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That very thing that you're accusing me of has become the gospel of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Eat that, buddy. And now when you go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of law, 
What do you see? You saw it a few weeks ago. Certificates of debt canceled, nailed to that tree. You see body broken and blood shed. You see God in flesh hanging there for the love of you. You see he's the fruit and he's good. You can't steal it because he gives it to you. He says, take and eat. This is my body and this is my blood poured out for you. You see, Satan really, really, really has been disarmed. And so Satan's only hope is to get us to believe lies. His only hope is to get us to believe falsified documents. His only hope is to get us to believe that we're not forgiven. For then what do we do? We pick up the old books. We begin to live by the old books. We begin to condemn each other and then we condemn ourselves and then we hate God and we walk in death and we do the work of the accuser for him. Ouch. We become the accuser of the brethren. That's how he takes us out of the battle and even enlists us on his own side and keeps us from doing the works of God. They asked Jesus, what must we be doing to be doing the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So, back to the revelation. The dead are judged according to the things in the book, according to their deeds, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades, death and hell, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if, and now it's an if, we don't know the answer to this. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The dead are judged according to their deeds in the books. And we're not. Because we're not dead. For our deeds have been surrendered to Christ at the cross, disposed of in the fire, and we've received eternal life. Born again. We're not judged according to the deeds in the book. However, in Revelation twenty-two twelve, Jesus says, I'm coming soon with my reward to repay everyone for his deeds. Everyone. Did you get that? That's two chapters later. Well, if my evil deeds were judged and paid for at the cross, what deeds are these? Do you understand the question? If my record of condemnation is canceled, what record is this? If my evil deeds were already disposed of by the scapegoat and the fire, what deeds are these? If I'm not paid for evil deeds, what deeds am I paid for? The king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? You see, we just kind of don't remember that. (laughs) 
And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. I bet they don't remember because they weren't keeping score. They weren't conscious of the books. They weren't conscious of themselves. They weren't conscious of the last or the least. It's the last or the least. They, I mean, they loved just because they'd been so loved by Jesus the Christ as if they were dead to themselves, forgetting themselves, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I mean, they weren't trying to make themselves good. That's what we're doing, right? We're trying so hard to make ourselves good. They weren't trying to make themselves good. They just were good. They loved the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. They loved their neighbor as themselves because love was their nature. Or I should say, God was their nature, for love is of God and God is love. So it was no longer they who lived, but God who lived in them. It was not their own good deeds, but Christ's good deeds in them, the spotless lamb in them. Jesus Christ was their nature, their life, as if they were actually his body. You know, honestly, I work so hard trying to be good to impress you and impress God. But on Judgment Day, that day, trumpets will sound, and I think God will say something like this. Peter Hyatt, yeah. August 7th, 4.27 p.m., 1975, you gave me a cup of cold water. Enter my kingdom. And I'll go, oh, uh, what about the sermons? What about the church? What about the, the books? Peter Hyatt, August 7th, 427 p.m., 1975, you gave me a cup of cold water. Enter my kingdom. And I'll say, uh, 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 well, okay, but I, I don't remember that. Exactly. <laughs> For once, Peter Hyatt, you weren't trying to be good. You just were good. <laughs> and now you know good and evil not because you stole fruit and memorized the law. You know good because you passed through judgment, because you have been forgiven, and because I have made you good with grace. So what am I trying to say? Try harder to love. No. <laughs> Confess that you don't. And receive his love. Grace. And when you see it, it will change you. Forgiven much, we love much. One quick little story. Years ago in Bessarabia, Romania, the Russians, uh, Soviet army, army marched into this particular village and they rounded up all the Christians, some 200 of them, took them into a field and they forced them to dig a pit, their grave. 
And then the Soviet officers lined them up on the side of the grave and they said, if you renounce Christ, you are free to go. If you confess Christ, you will be shot and this is the grave in which you will die. Well, some people chose to be shot. Some other people chose to go back to the village and hang on to their lives. Well, as they were preparing to shoot the people on the side of the pit, and the others were going back to the village, suddenly they heard screaming, and this man came running from the village. He was a man that had been expelled from the local church for gross sins. He came running past all those people, going back to their houses, running, screaming, shoot me too, shoot me too, shoot me too. I'm a bad Christian, I'm a bad Christian, but even a bad Christian has a right to die for Jesus. Shoot me too. He wanted wanted to die for Jesus. You see, love was his nature. The law, the law was written on his heart by God. He wasn't a bad Christian. He was a new creation. Forgiven much, we love much. And if you call Jesus your Savior, you have been forgiven much. You just need to see it. And so that's why every Sunday we invite you to the throne room to see that you have been forgiven much. We invite you to the judgment seat that has become the mercy seat. We invite you to the table of the Lord, the altar of sacrifice. We invite you, us, to come to the ancient tree. You know, in the garden, there were two trees. In the New Jerusalem, there's one tree. It reveals good and evil, and it gives us life. The cross is both trees, schoolon in Greek. And what is the fruit of this tree? What's hanging on that tree that we are now commanded to eat? (laughs) A bunch of laws? No, he said the day you eat of that, you will die. That's not what's hanging on the tree. This is what's hanging on the tree. (laughs) The good. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so, on the night that he was betrayed... He took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take, eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this, all of you. Do it in remembrance of me. Do you see, when we come to this table, we surrender to God's judgment. It reveals that we are guilty and kills us. And it reveals that God is mercy and he gives us his life. To be a Christian is to believe God's mercy in Christ Jesus. It is to trust your father's judgment. And he's good. It's about time you believed it. Amen.
So there's no one like you, God. You're the creator. Forgive us for trying to be you instead of surrendering to you so that we can be filled with you. For we are your bride, your temple, your people. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. And so Jesus said, the one forgiven much loves much. So if you're not loving much, and, and how would you know that? Well, that's where the law can help sometimes. You murdered three people this week, the law will tell you that's probably not very loving of you. It will point that out, but it's not how you get fixed. If you're not loving very much, well, what's the problem? Do you need to go out and sin so that grace may abound? No, you've already sinned plenty. It's that you don't believe you're forgiven much. And so when you look at your life and you say, I'm not loving very much, don't simply try harder. Go back to the fountain. <laughs> Go back to the altar. And see uh, how much God has loved you, even in that place that you're feeling accused about. Believe that you are forgiven much, and then you will love much. Then you'll go out on the street and try to minister to sex workers at the, Dem Denver, or the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> you'll build hospitals and roads. You'll feed the hungry. You'll uh, give hope to the hopeless. You will actually be and become the body of Christ. So believe the gospel, and you'll live the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.